0: This uh, guitar picker and his wife up here singing I got so blessed Yell about the Lord leading me out Uh, uh, But That that line that they were singing I'm going to pray And do the best I can God will never ask for more than what you can do If you just do the best you can The very first miracle you know why they filled them water pots up with water? Because they had no wine. Yeah. That's all they had was water. Yeah. They didn't have nothing else. That's right, <laughs> really, that's all we got, ain't it? Just water. Yeah. I ain't got no wine. Anybody got any wine? All we got's water. Praise the Lamb of God. But if we'll do what we can do, all they could do is put water in there and then take it in and be servants and start filling up people's glasses with what they had put in but as they poured it out in the people's glasses they, what's that smell that don't smell like water (laughs) that smells like wine that's all God wants us to do is do what we can do he not, he's not asking you to be somebody that you're not. No, no, no. Right. huh? I mean, we all need to approve. We all need to move up. We all need to be farther down the road than what we are. But, but it is what it is, and we are what we are. But God loves us anyhow, and he wants to give us revival anyhow. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray and do the best I can. <laughs> Woo! Glory to you. And I know God's going to take that And lead us out to that promised land Would you wave your hand to heaven And praise the Lord Wow, wow, hallelujah I want you to listen to these words real good, will you?
1: I was sure by now That you would have reached down and wiped our tears away stepped in and saved the day and once again I say amen and it's still raining and as the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the rain I'm with you And as your mercy falls I raise my hands And praise the God who gives And takes away yeah. I praise you in this storm And I will lift my hands you are who you are no matter where i am and every tear i've cried you hold in your hands you river by my side and though my heart is torn i'll praise you in this storm. I remember when I stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry to you. You raised me up again. My strength is almost gone. How can I carry on? For I can't find you. And as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain I'm with you And as your mercy falls I raise my hands and praise the God who gives And takes away, yeah I'll praise you in this storm and I will lift my hands You are who you are No matter where I am And every tear i cried You hold in your hands You're ever by my side And though my heart is torn i praise you in this storm Storm. I lift my eyes unto the hills Where doth my help come from? My help comes from the Lord Maker of heaven and earth I lift my eyes unto the hills Where doth my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and of earth. I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands. You are who you are, no matter where I am, and every tear I cry, you hold in your hand. Ever by my side and Though my heart is torn I'll praise you in this storm right I lift my eyes unto the hill Where doth my help come from? My help comes from the Lord the Maker of heaven and earth I lift my eyes unto the hills where doth my help come from my help comes from the Lord maker of heaven and of earth I'll praise you in this storm and I will lift my hands you are who you are no matter where I am And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hands, you're ever by my side. And though my heart is torn, I'll praise you in this storm, though my heart is torn.
0: Praise God. Appreciate the offer. May the Lord bless you. Good to be here with Brother and Sister Griffey. And I uh, appreciate the food that's been brought to us. And uh, Sister Griffey made uh, some kind of lemon cake. It's She also brought a peanut butter pie, and I haven't even tasted the peanut butter pie. I can't leave that lemon cake alone <laughs> long enough. But the rest of the family's eating some of the peanut butter pie. So it is wonderful, also. And uh, chicken pot pie was brought, well, actually prepared uh, during service last night. It was uh, completely delicious, too delicious. And uh, we just uh, thank you for everything. Appreciate your attendance to this revival meeting. And I like what the brother said. I mean, revival isn't a series of services. And I've laid, tried to lay down the, metal, uh, the mantle of an evangelist. I don't guess I ever was. You know, we all ought to be evangelists in the truest sense of the word. But I guess uh, a revivalist uh, tried to lay down that mantle. But, you know, all these years preaching all these revivals, if I thought that, you know, when the evangelist leaves that, that that's it, That I mean, I would think, what's the use? What's the use in coming in the first place? Huh? But we all know that that's not the case. We know revival is a work that's done in the hearts of God's people. It's bringing back to life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! glory to God. Amen. Man, sometimes we're not like Abraham, and we do stagger at the promises of God. We pass out along the way. Huh? That's right. But revival is the great smelling sauce of the soul. Amen. Psalms 23, verse number 1. Psalms 23, verse number 1. If you will, leave your Bible open to this wonderful passage of Scripture, beautiful piece of literature. Any standard you want to put on it, anything that you If you want to call it uh, a poem, if you want to call it uh, literature, if you just, whatever that you want to call it, a song, whatever you, it's right at the top. I mean, this is right at the top of anything that's ever been written in all the history of mankind. And so if you'll just leave, leave that open to that page, I just want to read the first five words, Psalms 23 and 1. The first five words, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You may be seated if you wish. That's what I want to preach to you tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This 23rd Psalm is probably the most familiar and the most quoted of all the Psalms. And really, it's right up there with the most familiar of all the Scripture that is in the Holy Writ. But unfortunately, because of that, I think sometimes it's overlooked. Uh, For instance, you know, I don't know if I've ever taken a text from Psalms 23 during revival meeting and actually preached. And I've only, probably on one hand, I could count the times in revival meeting that I've heard the evangelist or the speaker take a text From Psalms 23 and preach on it. I I preached on it when I pastored. I've heard other pastors preach or teach on it. I think sometimes because of its familiarity that sometimes we just gloss it over. Maybe even in our daily Bible reading or in our daily study. We ought to be all students of God's word, shouldn't we? I think sometimes we maybe go to a little bit more obscure passages of scripture that we can study them and maybe get something out of them. And oftentimes we do. But even the location of Psalms 23 is miraculous. You know, God put it exactly where he wanted it. Amen. I mean, in between Psalms 22 and Psalms 24, right smack dab in the middle of that, you find Psalms 23. How you like that logic? Uh, Psalms 22 speaks of the cross of Christ, while Psalms 24 speaks of the kingdom of God. And Psalms 23 speaks about that life that is in between the cross of Christ and the kingdom of God. One fellow said, one writer said, between Mount Calvary and Mount Zion are the green pastures and the still waters of Psalms 23. And you know, when you read Psalms 23, we must understand that this is the way God desires to lead his people. He, he, He desires to lead his people like a shepherd leads the sheep. That's right. You may ask why sheep? You know, if you was to start if you was going to start a, a, a ball team or a sports program, uh, I doubt very seriously if you would, the first thing you would think of as being a mascot for your ball team would be a sheep. We would think about tigers and lions and bears and eagles as our mascot. But I don't think too many people would think about a sheep as being a mascot because sheep aren't known uh, to inspire People to greatness or to motivate people or, or, or psych people out to greatness, you know. And, and so, you why? why did God choose sheep? Whereas well, there's a reason why He chose sheep because as God's people, we bear a remarkable resemblance to sheep. I mean, remarkable. Uh, that little old Jewish lady, she was flying out of New York, going, flying, trying to get, uh, you know, get waiting for a flight to take her to Miami, Florida, and there's a businessman there, and she walked up to that businessman. It took her a while to get out of her seat. She just, and get over to the, where that businessman was, and she walked up to him and said, Hey, sir, and he said, Yes, ma'am. He said, Are you Jewish? He said, no, ma'am, I'm not Jewish. And she walked on back over to her seat, took a while to get there. About 10 minutes later, they're waiting to board the plane, you know, the jet. And she gets back up and comes over there. She says, sir, are you sure you're not Jewish? He said, no, ma'am, I'm not Jewish. She said, okay. And so she hobbled back over to her seat and she sat down. About 10 minutes later, she gets back up and she comes over there. He said, sir, are you sure you're not Jewish? And just to, you know, to hush her, to shut her up, he said, okay, I'm Jewish. He said, that's funny, you don't look Jewish. But it's remarkable how much when you get to studying sheep, how much that we as God's people look just like sheep. Amen. Isaiah says it best in Isaiah 53. He said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. I've seen that cartoon drawing of them two sheep looking at this vast multitude of human beings, of people this vast multitude of people and they were looking out over them and one sheep says to the other we all like people have gone astray glory to God even we, even unlike the the bear, unlike the lion unlike the tiger, unlike the eagle we uh, people are are like sheep, God's people and we're inclined to be self-destructive, our streak of wanting to be independent hurts us. But we, like sheep, need a shepherd. How many shall, Amen? Now, to live without the shepherd brings about our own demise. And you know it's so, Amen. Oh, today, the rave of the hour is mentoring. How, is, how many's ever heard that word, mentoring? Mentor, a mentor is a is a person who is who's who, who is a trusted counselor or teacher. And men and women everywhere seem like they're looking for a mentor. But more than a mentor, we need a shepherd. Somebody shout amen. Jesus Christ is to be our mentor. He is to be our trusted counselor. He is to be our teacher. But before he can mentor us, we must see him as the shepherd of our lives. The one who leads us. The one who guides us. The one who protects us. And the word of God makes it very clear who our shepherd must be. Somebody shout amen. I mentioned last night about all these crazy different religions. I mentioned about the Muslims. I mentioned about the Hindus there in India. I forgot to tell you though, but they're in India, they got some sheiks. They call them sheiks and they call them holy men. They're men that have long hair. They wear it up in a bun like some of the holiness sisters do. But that's not the most outrageous uh, characteristic of their uh, attire. They, they don't hardly wear any clothes. And most of them have never, never bathed. And you know what? They call them holy men. Because they've never bathed. They're called holy men. I call them stinking men. They're stinking men, smelly men. But holy has never entered in my mind when I think about these sheiks that are in Hinduism. Glory to God. And of course, you know, the, the Buddhists and their slope roofs and all the crazy things that people believe in. The uh, the Indians, you know, how they're going to send their hunters to that happy hunting ground and on and on and on it goes. You know, the, the Bible in the Old Testament I notice God has never been worried about his people being atheists there's never been much of a concern in the scripture his concern was, was even back when they was going to possess the land of Canaan he, he wanted them to drive out all the It's not that they would become atheists but they would start serving the God of the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Moabites and the Amorites and and all those gods, and so it's never been a concern. I mean, when the prophet was up on Mount Carmel, and the fire fell, you know, and consumed the offering, the burnt offering, the choice wasn't between Jehovah and nobody. No, the prophet said, "If Baal be God, serve him. But if Jehovah be God, serve him." Will somebody shout, "Amen"? You remember when Jonah? Uh, there was casting lots, and he and there was a storm there on the. Ship, what did the ship's captain say? He said, Every man call on his God because that's the way it is. Some people claim to be atheists, but everybody has a God. Are you hearing me? Everybody has somebody who they're following, somebody that they're mimicking, somebody that they're going after. Don't you know that the devil has an imitation? And if we're not careful, and can I say, if there's anybody else that is shepherding you besides Jesus Christ, you're Following the wrong person. Will somebody shout, Amen? I mean Moses can throw down his rod and it start crawling. But there were some fellows over there in Egypt could do the same thing. Are you hearing me? (laughs) I know you can just you can say, Well, you know, Moses' snake ate their snakes. His rod ain't their rod, but the fact of the matter is there's some spooky things that go on in this world. And them guys threw down their rods and they started crawling around too, are you hearing me? You know, there are powers and principalities. You understand that? Huh? Do we understand that? And, and 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 if we let anybody else influence us and inspire us, if we let anything but Jesus inspire us and influence us, we're gonna find ourselves headed in the wrong direction. Would you wave your hands to heaven? Would you praise the Lord? We will. I said, we will, we will. Somebody. I said, well, it's so confusing. There's imitations that, that confuses me. That discourages me. It doesn't mean. I mean, I, I, <laughs> every once in a while, you know, I'll catch a glimpse of a, of a fellow that's got on a, got a, 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 a real fancy suit with a collar real big turned up. He's got that black slick back hair long black sideburns. He shakes his leg. huh? What is that? That's an Elvis impersonator. That don't make me doubt that there was ever an Elvis. (laughs) Matter of fact, it, it goes a long way to prove that there was an Elvis or this guy wouldn't try to be imitating him. And so these, all these imitations shouldn't discourage us and steal our faith. It should build our faith that there is a true God. It's proof positive that there is a true God. There is a true God. There is a true. God. Is a true... Hallelujah. And God's word makes it very clear who the shepherd of our sheep like existence must be. It must be Christ himself. I appreciate pastors, I do, but pastor can only go so far. I, are you hearing me I mean he's the overseer I know the overseer of God's people I know there must be somebody in which the buck stops I, I you understand that uh, in the church life but as far as your personal relationship if you have to have the pastor all the time then you're following the wrong thing are you hearing me that is why right. I had a sister when I, I'm going back to preach a revival isn't that something I'm going back to preach a revival a place I pastored I do that all the time everywhere I've ever pastored. I could go back and preach. We ain't mad at each other. We didn't run off and, and hate each other from now on. Most of them I preach revivals. All of them I preached in. But most of them I preach revivals at a regular basis in churches that I pastored. Imagine that. Glory to God. <laughs> we parted without being hurt at each other. We love each other to this day. And they still want to hear me and I still want to preach to them. Oh yeah. But there was this sister in Norfolk, Virginia she called me up one day as good at people as I've ever met in the world. As good at people as I ever pastored. But she called me up one day and she said, Brother Blanton, I was gonna have brother so-and-so over to my house for dinner. You know, me and my husband were. And we just was gonna call and see if that'd be all right with you. I said, don't you ever call me and ask me such a question again in your life. She said, what do you mean? I, I told her, I said, it ain't none of my business who you have over for dinner. Glory to God. I said, I'm just your pastor. I'm just your pastor. You hear it? It ain't none of my business. Is this all right, pastor? He said, it ain't none of my business. Oh, are you hearing me? I'm telling you, as much as I'm getting to like Brother and Sister Griffey, he didn't die on the cross for me. Are you hearing me? Holy God of heaven, I was at one church that will remain nameless and he this fellow this pastor wanted to go on in revival and I said well I have to pray for it I I pray about it I was booked you know and I'd have to pray I was going to have to cancel something in order to stay he said well I'm pulling rank on you I said pardon me he said, I'm pulling rank on you. I said, again, pardon me. He said, well, you know, while you're here, I'm your pastor. I said, I, I, I got a pastor. I, I, I gave him his phone number. I said, you want to call him and tell him you just stole one of his sheep? So I said, <laughs> Glory to God, he said. Well, while you're here, I'm your pastor. I said, No. I said, I I, I always try to accommodate the pastor. I always try to accommodate people. But let me tell you, at my own home church, in my own pastor, when I get behind the pulpit, the only person that's over me is God. Are you hearing me? Oh yeah. They ain't nobody tells me where I can preach and where I can't preach. They ain't nobody tries to. Oh, are you hearing me? Because last time. My check, God called me. Amen, the pastor didn't call. And I appreciate good pastors. I really do. I appreciate good pastors. Especially those that know, amen, that God has placed them there to be a watchman on the wall. Amen, and I appreciate that. And I revere the pastors. But only Jesus is my shepherd. I said, the Lord, David would say, the Lord is my shepherd. But the problem of the world is not, It's that people... Or shepherdless. Amen. Life without a shepherd is a scattered life. God would speak through Ezekiel, and he would say, And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. A life without a shepherd is a life that becomes devoured, eaten up. Again Ezekiel said as I live saith the Lord God surely because my flock became prey my flock became meat unto every beast of the field because there was no shepherd neither did my shepherds search for my flock but the shepherds fed themselves and not my flock. A life without a shepherd is a troubled life. Amen. Uh, Zechariah said for the idols have spoken vainly and the diviners had seen a lie. And have told false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, they went their way as a flock, and they were troubled because there was no shepherd. A life without a shepherd is a weary life. Jesus would say in Matthew 9 and 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Huh? My Bible tells a lot about Jesus being our shepherd. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. John 10 and 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus is the great shepherd Hebrews 13 and 20 now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd who is coming for us First Peter 5 and 4 and when the chief shepherd shall appear ye re- shall receive a crown of glory that fade if not away are you hearing me oh can you say tonight that the Lord is my shepherd I read a story about a famous actor that was invited to a social gathering where they was going to honor him and some other important people in their community. And this famous actor was asked so many times, will you get up and recite some famous piece of literature? And so he finally consented. And there just happened to be an old preacher there. As he was walking up to the podium, that preacher tugged on him and said, would you be so kind as reciting the 23rd Psalm? And that famous actor smiled at him. He said, on one condition, that after I'm done, you get up and recite it. Well, the old preacher reluctantly agreed. And my, I'm telling you, that famous actor was so eloquent. I mean, he had had the words down line by line, the cadence and the pronunciation was impeccable. And 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 when he was done, they gave him a standing ovation. After he was done, he had told them that the only reason he's doing that is that this preacher will come up and do it after him. That old preacher hobbled up there. His voice was broken and rough for many years behind the pulpit and he, he stumbled through it the best he could. But when he was done, there wasn't a dry eye in the whole place. Afterwards, they asked that famous actor, what was the difference? He said, I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Somebody shout amen. Woo, glory to God. David makes that declaration of dependence in stating the Lord is my shepherd. I need to ask the question, who or what shepherds you? what inspires you what really floats your boat I'm telling you friend there's an old preacher told me one time Brother Collins told me he said you get out there preaching revival son he said if you can't get anything on your heart to preach preach about Jesus and you know what he he said that will work every time and I found out that to be the case if I can't think of anything if nothing really jumps out at me I get over there and I get to talking about my Savior I get to talking about my Jesus and it works every time if we ever lose amen that wow if we ever lose that awe amen about Jesus Christ we need to come back to an order and say Lord be my shepherd again would you lift your hands to heaven and praise the Lord anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ as your shepherd will leave you scattered wearied, and troubled as you're about to be eaten you will always be wanting something else without Christ as your shepherd. Because David is able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, it also gives him the ability to say, and I shall not want. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, amen, this this lust that is in so many people. But my Bible says that he fills all in all. <laughs> Woo! Holy Jesus can satisfy the soul. Glory to God. Well, Brother black, you know, you holiness people, you can't do what you want to do. Who said we can't? I'm doing everything I want to do. I want to serve Him. <laughs> I want to be in His presence. Man, I like that pew. I like that pew. I've just gotten fed. It's just been so good to be right here and be in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to pray and do. The best I can. Well, because I know He's gonna lead me out to that promised land. Would you lift your hands to heaven and glorify the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You understand that David here in this psalm, he makes a presentation, a declaration, when he said, The Lord is my shepherd. And down if you, as you peruse on down the psalm, you'll find that there is a provision from this shepherd. The boy was bringing home a loaf of bread one evening for the evening meal. and Somebody on the way home asked him, where'd you get that loaf of bread, boy? He said, well, I got it from the baker down there. He said, well, where did the baker get it? Well, I guess he made it. Well, from what did he make it from? Flour? I guess flour he made it from. Where did he get the flour? Well, I guess he got it down at the mill who grinds the flour. Where did the mill get the wheat? Well, I guess he got it from the farmer that grows the wheat. Where did the farmer get the wheat? From the seed he put in the ground. <laughs> Where did he get the seed? He said, I guess he got that from God. Again, I asked you the question, he said, Where'd you get that bread? He said, I guess I got it from God. (laughs) Glory to God. Every good and perfect gift. Coming from above from the Father of lights, and whom knew there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And do you understand everything, every good thing we have? He come from the Lord. He come from the shepherd. Even the psalmist will say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Have we forgotten who really provides for us? Huh, is it Gale's gas? Huh, no. Is it Ford Motor Company? No. Who really provides for his people? Huh, who makes this church go? The biggest tithe payer? No. I tell you who makes it go. It's the shepherd. Amen. Oh yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. Look at all he gives us. He gives us rest. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He gives us refreshment. He leaves me beside the still waters. Sheep will not drink in rough current. If you can't, if he can't find, if that shepherd can't find a, a still part of the stream, he has to dam part of it up. (laughs) <laughs> to take some of the swiftness out of the current, so sheep oh glory to God woo, And that what God you can't get you can't really get the refreshments you need with your life in a helter skelter, with the waves are crashing and the winds are blowing and the lightning a flashing that's the reason why the Lord, that shepherd will come on and say, peace be still and calm the storm calm the raging water so we can get the refreshment in the Nourishment that we need. He, he brings us re- restoration. He restores my soul. How many believes in restoration? Does anybody believe in restoration? Huh? Can I tell you since I've gotten saved? Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I'm going to raise my Since I've gotten saved, I've committed sin. Are you hearing me? I have sinned since I've gotten saved. Matter of fact, I've sinned <laughs> since I've been preaching. Are you hearing me? I don't sin every day, but I have sinned, but I'm so glad that he restoreth my soul. I'm glad we have an advocate. With the Father. Will somebody shout amen? He leadeth me in the, He brings not only restoration, but He brings righteousness. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Oh, the provision. Oh, the provision of the Shepherd. When He's your shepherd, He never runs out, Brother X. No, He never goes dry. I've run out. I've seen other preachers run out. I've seen singers run out and musicians run out. And deacons run out, but Jesus don't ever run out. Woo! Somebody shout, Amen. Not only does he provide for us, but David also points out that he protects us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, we've mistaken that in some places as that point of death in our life where we leave this world at the end of this way. But that's not what David's talking about at all. Huh? He's talking in between the birth and death, he's talking about from the cradle to the grave. When I walk in those times of darkness, when I walk in those times of danger, yea, though I walk, he amen, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Philip Keller said, I've read it many years ago, I need to read it again, but he said that was talking about, his book entitled The Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23, he said that was talking about those places, those canyons, that when they was leading them sheep from the low pasture to the high pasture in <laughs> those canyons going up onto the uh, higher pastures. He said those canyons where those, those lions could wait on those cliffs and in those rocks and in those caves and could and those wolves even could wait and corner the sheep in those narrow places. Has anybody ever been in a narrow place? Anybody ever been in a dark place? Oh yes. Amen, but there's protection Protection for us. Amen. What is it? It's his presence. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear no evil. Thou thou art with me. Amen. The presence of God. You know what I've liked most about this revival meeting? I love the good singing. I love the good fellowship. I love being around God's people. But I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord has been in this place every night. Whether the crowd's been big, whether it's been small, whether we've been tired, or whether we've been uh, zealous, the presence of the Lord's been here, and there's safety in his presence. Amen. What, What protects us? It's his presence. Will somebody shout? Amen. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. Amen. Glory to God. We're protected by his presence. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Huh? The Hebrew writer would tell us, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things. Pardon me for reading so much. As you have, for he have said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Huh? To Abraham he would say, I'm with you to bless you. Genesis 26 and 24. To Jacob he would say I'm with you to keep you Genesis 28 and 15 To Israel he'd say I'm with you to strengthen you Isaiah 41 and 10 Jeremiah he would say To Jeremiah I'm with you to deliver you Jeremiah 1 and 8 He would tell Judah I'm with you to save you Jeremiah 30 and 11 And Jesus would say To all of us I'm with you even To the end of the world Amen Matthew 28 and 20 Isaiah would say Amen And Isaiah of 43 and 2 when thou passest through the waters I will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee and when thou walkest through the fire thou shall not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon thee for I am the Lord thy God the Holy One of Israel thy Savior with somebody shall amen we're protected by his power that's represented in this psalm By the rod and staff, they comfort me. That rod of protection. Sheep aren't known as kung fu artists. I don't know any sheep that have a black belt in karate. Hiya. Huh? Glory to God. You know what sheep need? They need a protector. Huh? Well, bless God, I'll take it on myself. You better watch that. Huh? You you need the Lord's, what you need. We need a protector. He mean, I'll take the old devil on. I mean, flat footed. I'll take the devil on. You won't do it. I said, You won't do it. We need a protector. I said, We need a protector. I mean, Jehoshaphat, one of the greatest things that he realized when, when all them inhabitants uh, came, those three mighty nations came down against him. He mean, One of the greatest things that he had was honesty. He was so tragic. Transparent. He was so sincere. I mean, here he was in danger. The inhabitants of, Jer- of Jerusalem, the children of Judah, and Jehoshaphat and all of his family, they were coming down to crush them. Mighty nations, vicious and cruel nations were coming to crush them. In Jehoshaphat, they stood with their wives, and with their little ones, and with their children. Oh, yeah. You know what he said? We have no might against this great multitude that cometh against us. We have no might mind against to Listen, friend, I didn't bring revival with me. I don't have the ability to have revival. Oh, you hear me? We, I, Oh, friend, there's things that are happening. The devil's him and some of my friends in, some of my family in, and I ain't got no ability to fight it off. Oh, God, I don't... Friend, when you admit you can't do it, you are a candidate for a blessing. You're a candidate for the victory. Would you lift your hands up? said, so we have no mind against these, this, these guys. And neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. <laughs> you know what happened? As they was praying, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon Jehaziel, the son of Zachariah. You know what, the, you know what God told them? Don't be afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Because the battle's not yours. It's mine. It's mine. The best thing you can do with that fight is give it to God. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! Amen. God would speak through Isaiah and say no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. It shall, no, no, no weapon for, amen, thy rod, thy rod and thy staff, they come from me. What about that staff that robbed was for protection? And often it was the same thing, but when it was turned into a staff, it was for correction. Hallelujah. Don't you know there is great security in being corrected? Has anybody read any Frank Peretti's novels? In Piercing the Darkness, if I remember correctly. That one girl committed suicide. you know why she committed suicide? It's because they had convinced her that there were no boundaries. You can't tell me I'm out of bounds. And she swallowed that. There are no rules, no regulations, no do's, no don'ts. But then she realized that that same boundary that told her she was out of bounds was the same boundary told her she was in bounds. And she got so depressed because life became meaningless that she took her own life. And I know that's fiction, but how many times has that been played out? Countless of times, no doubt, in the world, it's been play, played out. Commit suicide because what's the use? What's the use? There's something comforting when I'm about to go the wrong way and that hook gets around me and pulls me back the way I ought to go. (laughs) Glory. Woo, thy rod and thy staff. I like that rod beating the devil off, but I like the staff too because it keeps me out of harm's way. Ah, Leave me not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. And the power and the glory forever. Will somebody shout, Amen? Not on his protection, but his preparation. I think of when Ruth the Moabitess came to Bethlehem. She'd never been. She'd never been around these kind of people before. But she got a glimpse of it through Naomi, yeah. I believe. And when she came, Naomi was down. I believe Naomi was down. Do you read that in that story, of Ruth? Huh? Don't call me Mara. I mean, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. I read that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. But Ruth wasn't one of those type of people that was just going to sit there and die. So she asked her mother in law's. Permission, can I go into the fields and glean? Now, there were boundaries in the fields. Uh (laughs) But during harvest time, when the wheat was tall and thick, you couldn't tell whose field was here or whose field was there. You couldn't tell. And Naomi just thought, she just, well, this looks good over here. Right here, this looks good. And found herself, the Bible says she lighted in the portion of the field that belonged to Boaz. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. God doesn't leave the care of his people at the throw of a dice or a spinning of the wheel or chance or luck. huh? God has got had something in mind for Ruth before she ever came to Moab. I mean, to Bethlehem from Moab. He had he knew exactly where she needed to be. So to her eyes, that field looked better. She couldn't see the boundaries. The wheat was too tall. It was barley. Barley was too tall to see it. Too thick. But God knew where Boaz's field was. I said, God knew where Boaz's field was. He knew where he could take care of Ruth and Naomi better than any place else. And God has prepared a table. Amen. I say God has prepared a table for you. Even in the presence of even your enemies. Will somebody shout amen? Hallelujah! It's a prepared table. It is said that a shepherd before allowing his sheep to grade in a field. He'll go first in that field and prepare it. He'll pull up the poison weeds. He'll chase off the harmful animals. And when the field is rid of the dangers, the sheep are allowed to graze in peace and comfort and joy. We don't even know what God has done for us in preparing the fields that we have gotten nourishment in. He went before us. We may not even recognize He had went before us. Oh, yeah, but I guarantee you, He went before you. And I'm thinking right now of a lost loved one in your life and you say well they've been so hard But I believe God is going before you And he's going to prepare that field Are oh, you hearing me And it'll be fertile for you to come and witness And be an example Will somebody shout amen But that's not even the greatest part Of, of, of all this thing He prepared a table of our reading In the presence of our enemies But right there in the same verse Did you read that Now prepare us a table for me in the presence of my enemies Thou anointest my head with all my cup runneth over those are all three in the same. The table anointest my head with oil; my cup runneth over. They're all talking about the same happening, the same circumstance. My God in heaven, thou anointest my head with oil. What could that mean? Well, you know, Philip Keller said, as a shepherd, that you know, it would if they had been in the briars, if they'd been in a fight, or if a uh, or or, or if a, uh, a cat had got them, they apply that oil, you know, and then to help heal them, and all that's fine. Some would even say that that oil would keep. Pulling the smell of that oil will keep poisonous snakes away that's fine I'm sure that's true but I can remember the New Testament (laughs) where Jesus even this woman come in to Simon the Pharisee's house and she anointed his head and his feet will somebody shout amen and Simon the Pharisee was taken back he was aghast he was almost in shock and he was thinking I can't believe you did that and Jesus perceived what he was thinking he said well you didn't anoint my head when I came you see it was their eastern custom oh glory that when a guest came and sat at your table you would anoint his head you know what that meant you are welcome at my table 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 you You know what God said every night of this revival meeting (laughs) has anybody felt the Holy Ghost has anybody felt the power of God in this place I mean every song, every song of this revival meeting, I felt that anointing. And God said, You're welcome at my table. You're welcome even in the presence of thine enemies. You're welcome at my table, Lord. The master calleth, come and down, would you lift your hands and praise him? Glory to God. Oh, that's the greater meaning, I believe. Amen. that custom of welcoming us. There's places we're not welcome. Are you hearing me? There's places you... It's not because of anything else. But because we love Jesus. We love the Lord. Because we're Christians. We're hated because of that. We're not welcome. But God has anointed our head in this revival. Yes. He you're welcome to sit right here. <laughs> Glory to God of heaven. Holy, holy. I may be an outcast of this world, but I'm welcome at his table. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. It's no wonder David said, my cup runneth over. While I'm sitting here, he's anointing my head, and my cup's running over. Well, all, all that's for is to let us know we're welcome at his table. We're welcome in his presence. None has to feel ashamed. None has to feel unwanted. Nobody has to feel rejected. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're welcome at his table here tonight. And my, what a table that it is. It's an overflowing table, isn't it? I mean, with him, the calf is always that fatty calf. That robe is always the best robe. The joy is always unspeakable and the peace always passes understanding. Do you know there's no grudging in the goodness of God? He's not like the pharmacist that counts every pill, every pill in the prescription or every drop in the prescription. But God, when he blesses his people, it overflows. David's cup's running over because there's more going in the cup than what the cup can handle, what the cup can hold. It comes on in waves Woo! He was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. That's our God. That's, right. That's our God. That's what it's got. That's our God. That's our God. Huh. Surely, goodness and mercy. When I was a young preacher, I was preaching Brother Ralph Horton. I wasn't taking a text here, but I used this portion of Scripture found here in Psalms 23. An old preacher told me about an illustration he used when he was a young man. So I got David Horton. <laughs> and I got filliporting. I said, guys, don't let me get away from you. <laughs> I, I, I can run back in. I roll faster than I run now. <laughs> that was a little too hearty, brother. <laughs> I mean, you want them to amen you on some things, but some things just. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> and, and I ran all over that building, brother. brother Ralph he done privy to it. I'm just a young preacher. He's done privy. He kept saying, run around the building. Run around the church. Run. And that's a big church. You ever been to Richland? It's a big church. So I took off running around the building. Well, Philip and David, like I'm doing it. And I'd run around. i got cowboy boots on. I don't know if I can do I don't know if I But there I was. There I was. I was running around. I was running around. And they stayed right with me. Look at them guys. They're staying right with me. They're staying right with me. Hey, hey, did I introduce you to some guys? This is goodness, and this is mercy, and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Won't you stand to your feet tonight and give the Lord a praise. Oh, let's praise him, would you do it? Could you praise him? Brother and sister Griffey, could you all sing that song again? Could you do that, brother? Come and strap that guitar on. Would you do it? Could y'all sing that song again? Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who's going to lead us into revival. He's the one who's going to lead us into victory. He's the one who's going to bless us. He has showed, us. He showed up every night just to let you know you're welcome at his table. You're welcome. Take, take anything you want from his table. Eat till you're full. Eat all you want. Enjoy it for the glory of the Lord. Would you lift your hands to heaven and praise him? Oh, man, I've had a time here tonight. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. David presents the shepherd. He tells us the provision of the shepherd. Yes, Hallelujah. He presents him to know him with no wants, with no wants. This world ain't got nothing that I want. His provision to trust him for our every need. Huh? Has anybody got a need? How many's got a need? Let's trust him. Let's trust him. The protection of the shepherd to rest in him without anxiety, to rest in him unafraid. Oh, that's what the world needs. That's what that lady need you was talking about. To rest in him, unafraid, without anxiety. And then his preparation of the shepherd to be with him now and forever. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Go ahead and sing that song. Let's stand all over the building. Let's find a place to pray. Let's gather in these altars if you can and will while they're singing that song tonight in Jesus' name.